Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your bodily Thou fluid. Shall kill all of your hands and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble you, but you can pretend like you will. The dog. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We got Carly. She's the blonde. Hey. And we got Katie. She's the redhead. Howdy. Welcome to week two of season Zoom. Katie's leading the case this week, so I'm going to let her take it away. I'm sad. This one makes me sad. It makes me really sad. And these ones in particular, like the missing... The missing person cases, like they particularly get to me because, you know, unlike a lot of the serial killers that we cover, it's like there's the closure because you have the murderer and you know who did it. These ones are particularly tragic because you just, we just, we just don't know. And it's really, really tragic. So, um, so we're covering Susan Lyle tonight. She was just a little small bit of her background. She was born on April 6, 1978 in Saratoga Springs, New York. So this is our first local case, I believe, right? Our first local coverage ever? Yeah, I think we did, um, we did, um, Raina Mariquin was in New York. New but York, not, yes. not anywhere near. Close, yeah, us. yeah. Yeah. Right. This one's really close to home, yeah. So Saratoga Springs, New York. She was the youngest of three children um, to Doug and Mary Lyle. Um, she was super bright, really smart. From a young age, she was like taking little computers apart and putting them back together and was interested in things like that. And she was writing poetry um, and extremely, extremely bright. Um, so she has been missing now for... 22 years, four months, and 12 days, officially, which is just wild to me. But, um, so, so, uh, the situation, so what happened on March 2nd, 1998, she, Suzanne Lyle was, um, attending the University of New York at Albany, she was a sophomore there and she had classes until four o'clock that day. And then she went to work, um, at her, one of her two jobs, um, at a place called Babbage's in Crossgates mall. And she stayed there till close. Um, and girls, you know, also cut in if I like, if I'm, you know, if I skip over anything important, but, um, so she's, so she works at mall till close one of her coworkers, I believe it was like one of her managers or her boss, um, said that she had claimed that she was stressed due to like um, exams, uh, that she had some tests coming up and that she was really nervous about them. But that other than that, that she seemed, you know, overall normal for the night or whatever. So she closes, she leaves work. Um, the security guard at the mall says that claims that he did not actually see her leave but that when he did his last rounds for the night or whatever that nothing in the mall seemed suspicious or out of the norm 
Um, so she goes um, onto the bus, onto this CDTA city bus to Uptown Campus where a classmate claims that they saw Susie get off of the bus at Collins Circle, which was just a short walk from her dorm. And Suzanne has not been seen since. So we've got the boyfriend, Richard Condon, Condon, I, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name. I thought it was Condom originally when I thought when I first saw it. Um, my nickname for him is Dick Condom, and I don't even care because I don't trust the guy. So he he's her boyfriend. She was with him since high school. They were together for a long time. Um Her, her debit card was used for a few transactions. It was used um, on the day that she went missing at Crossgates Mall for oh, a withdrawal for $20. And then it was also used the day after at a Stewart's for another withdrawal for $20. And according to the boyfriend's statement, him and Suzanne were the only two people that knew the pin to the card. So super sketch. Like that's a red flag to me. And wasn't it proven that whoever did it, it like they knew the pin because they did, they got it on the first try. Right. Somewhere, yeah. Right. Now, a lot of detectives and a lot of people say that it doesn't necessarily 100% point all the fingers to him because if she was being held you know, if she had been kidnapped or she was being mm -hmm. held hostage, whatever, that it's, you know, True. she could have been forced to give the pin or whatever, or she could have been forced to go to the ATM herself. True. Of course, you know, they don't have any um, actual video footage of the actual ATM at the Stewart's. They only have the footage of people like leaving and going, I think, or something along those lines. So they could only see like the people that were there that day but not exactly like who was right at the ATM. So, um, so they do like question a few people that they saw leave the gas station and one man they end up like eliminating pretty much immediately because they felt like it was like, he wasn't even, shouldn't have even been questioned. Like it was, they thought it was like due to racial profiling or something like he wasn't even a, a probable witness at all. Mm -hmm. So, um, Also, witnesses and friends like said that the boyfriend was like, like had some control issues too, which I thought was a little interesting. Like he was always calling her all the time. And Mary Lyle, the mother, claims this as well, that like he was sort of like calling a lot and he was always checking in on her, but not, not always necessarily like so caring, but kind of more like just like promoting. Yeah. who Suzanne was on March 1st, the day before she went missing. And Susie had complained about not having any funds, that she was running out of money, basically. And Mary, her mother, offered to send money. 
And um, Suzanne refused and said, you know, don't, don't worry about it, mom, I'll be fine kind of type deal. And also the mother claimed that the $20 withdrawals was a normal um, occurrence for Suzanne, that, that she, when she went to the ATM, the $20 pull was normally what she would make. So that was a very common reoccurrence for her. But what was suspicious to the mother was the location the following day at that steward's. And so the mother was very confused as to why she had gone to that particular steward's. But even though it was still only a few miles from the campus, it still just was not a, a store that she that she went to. And like, we ever. we all know that it that she had absolutely no reason to be over there. If you're right. at if you're at U Albany, there's no reason for you to be. I mean, it's it is it's three miles from campus, but still, it is in such a random location. It's it's also, on Central Avenue. Yeah. It's like, wh why would you be over there? Like, right. and, and I know that probably doesn't make sense to people who aren't from this area, but there's just no reason if you don't have a car to be right. o to even be over there. Not to mention, if you're a routine person, like a, someone who has very has a routine and is really like sticks to that, you're going to go to the same gas station. Like it's I don't know. That's me personally. I'm, I'm not saying I'm crazy that. routine, yeah. but like no, I, I have my set <laughs> gas station. Yes, that I go to, and I don't stray from that. Like rarely ever do I ever stray from that, unless like some reason, you know, that I'm closer to somewhere or whatever. But yeah, so. Absolutely. So definitely weird. So that's weird. weird that that if it's not her taking the money out, like granted, she said she was low on cash and like if someone took her, they may not know that, but like they only got 20 bucks. Out of that the deal. that is just, that's a, that is a mystery. Yep. It, yeah. There's a few of them. There's a few of them like that. Yeah. It's crazy. So Boyfriend has a verified alibi, right? Allegedly, apparently, of course, that he was playing video games with his friend, right? Mm -hmm. But then later in the in the investigation, he becomes unwilling to cooperate any further with the police without a lawyer present. And so he was. So then, therefore, he's never been able to be completely ruled out as a sub as a suspect. Um. Although I think that I do believe that they have strayed away from him. Uh, but of course, I can't make claims as to, you know, what, where the investigation is now. Sure. You know, obviously, I'm not like, mm -hmm. you know, a secret agent or something as much as I wish I was. You're not Paul Holes yet, so you don't really know. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not married to Paul Holes yet, but, you know, who knows what could happen. It's true. So. Call me Paul. So let me okay. So let me so, back let me back up a little bit here, Benny, and make sure that I understand the timeline yes, of events. Yeah, so it's please, so it's March second. She yes. goes to class all day. She goes, yes. she gets on the bus, she goes to Crossgate Mall, which is again not far from U Albany. Correct. She works her job at Babbage's. She Correct. closes. I have in my notes that her night supervisor is there with her. So she is, mm -hmm. when, the, when the mall closes, she is excused and he completes cash handling and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so she leaves and she is seen by the, the security guard at the mall did not see her. 
Right. But the CDTA bus driver specifically remembers her getting on the bus. Getting on the bus, yes. But he does not recall when she got off of the bus. Correct. And cannot say that she got off at Common Circle for sure. He doesn't cannot say. The only account that we have of her going back to campus is a girl who lived in her building saw her get off the bus and come onto campus. Correct. But she didn't she didn't pay attention to where she was going. She just remembers seeing her. Correct. And I'm so curious about this person too. Like I'm super, super curious about that particular witness. Um, which do they ever even release that information? Because I don't think they do like who that person is or. I know that Mary Lyle has spoken to her, has spoken to the, (laughs) um, the girl who claimed she saw Susie that night and she has not released her name. Um, and obviously it's an open investigation, so we won't know her name until we find her body and find out who did this. Right. Um, but she claims that she knew it was Susie because, um, this dorm in New Albany in, in 1998 had a shared shower um, like shower stalls, a shared bathroom at the end of the hall, like a dormitory bathroom. Sure. And her and Susie would see each other there all the time because they lived on the same floor. So she feels really comfortable with like, I know exactly what she looks like. We run into each other all the time. We're not friends, but like we live on the same floor and we use the same bathroom. So like they are, it's okay. not, it's not a, sh- it's not a shot in the dark for her. She, she is she is solid on seeing her get off of the bus. My, I find eyewitness accounts to be notoriously unreliable. Yeah. But my biggest concern with that account is, was it that night? Right. Because it could have been, it could have been any night. Like, right. If we, if we see this all the time. Like, hey, what? Do you remember anything about uh, Tuesday night six weeks ago? You know, and you're like, oh, uh, I think I remember. You know, it's just yeah. It but is. again, she, she stands by it. She says, I saw what I saw. So, And what I want to know also is, but what I also want to know is, is there a connection with that witness and homeboy boyfriend? That's what I want to know. Do Ooh. they know each other? Okay. Do they fucking know each other? Do they have any connection whatsoever? Because mm-hmm. if they do, Lord knows. <laughs> it ain't right. Okay? So... But that's just one of my, like, yeah, that's what, that's a Mahoney's personal theory, you know? <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So, so yeah. So I think we basically covered the basis of, of that. Um, as far as I felt like there was one little tidbit that I might've forgot. Oh yes. There was one other little thing. Another either, I don't know if it was the same coworker or another coworker that also claimed that Susie told them um, that she thought she might be being stalked by someone, but that she didn't know who it was and that apparently she wasn't severely worried about it. Like she didn't feel like severely threatened, but she had apparently mentioned to someone at work that she thought that there might be a, a man stalking her. So there's that too. Um, 
So I'm sorry, the boyfriend, his alibi is solely that he was playing video games with a friend. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he was not physically in the room with the friend. Right. They were they were playing like online together. Right. And how about this? How about that other shit? How about him having access to his her computer from his computer? Full access to her entire computer from his computer. Yeah. That's twisted. Like, that's a little, that's like, you want to talk about, Control. like, boundaries and, like, yeah. oh, really, you want to talk about, like, overstepping a little. And he's the only one claiming that he called or called or called, like, called her dorm multiple times that night for, with no Well, one. her uh, sweet mates okay. claim that the phone rang all night. Okay. They don't know who that, like, the, I don't, I never heard anyone say the phone records were checked and it was him right. all night, That's what I right. but they yeah. do remember that it rang all night. It was okay. like off the chain. They also mentioned, um, that she used to carry a huge thing of keys, like, uh, keychains, and like, you remember in the nineties, I was like super popular to have oh, a yeah. huge thing of keychains, And like she the used plush to, ones. Yes. Yeah. She used to carry them everywhere. And so they said when she would come home, you could hear them in the door because it's this mm -hmm. massive thing and they never heard it. She never, they, they never heard it. Right. Yeah. I just so wonder if she ever got on that bus at all. I know me too. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So now here's some other things that happened too. So two months later, they find her work ID in the parking lot across from the bus station okay why two months later and why after after thorough investigation from the other detectives was that not found so weird to yeah. me so weird to me and then also we and we talk about this girls i mean really every single time i think we cover this for every single case it's, it's yet another case. And, and I think that's why her parents really, you know, they became such activists and had so much to do with getting all these laws passed for these campus laws and Suzanne's law and so on and so forth is because time and time again, how many times do we see where someone goes missing and the mom calls or the dad calls and something's not right. And three days goes by, four days goes by and nobody's done anything. And oh, you know, campus security is investigating it. Like, no. Like the state police need to be, so it was three, it was a solid 72 hours before the state police even got involved. And it's just like, this is, you know, and this, how many times has this happened time and time and time again, where we see this reoccurring, you know, and it's so mm -hmm. unfortunate because I just feel like things, how much could be missed in that yeah. first three days, that yeah. crucial, crucial shit, dude, that somebody could go back and destroy evidence. I mean, who knows? It's like. Oh, it just boils my blood. Yeah, okay. I'm wondering about the name tag. Is that because it was early March? Could it? Well, like, was it like under, like, in snow? Like, was you know, it could very well have. Or did it get blown? Here. Maybe blown by the wind or the rain. Sure, like, sure. You know, but but also, so there's so many possibilities. Two full months to, to find it, though. Right. Maybe so, like, you know what I mean, like. I don't know. I 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, we surprised if it was like planted there. Right. That's the fact. Right. And now that's another thing too. What, Quinny? What do you, I know you got something to say. I, I, I don't think he did it. I don't, I do not see the boyfriend as the one, but that, but that's only because he, I don't think that very often, I think it's very rare. Josh Powell comes to mind, but yeah. I think it's very rare that someone who knows, who has a relationship with the family of the person that they're dating does not allow them to have that body back. The fact that she mm -hmm. has never been found, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that shows a level of, this is not the first time it's that this, that this offender has done this. I feel like it shows a level of familiarity to know yeah. how to get rid of, to know how to get yeah. rid of someone. That's, that's yeah. why. But with the ID, um, I think that purse was dropped somewhere in Albany and piecemeal strewn picked yeah. apart and yeah. everybody and per, person after person was like, yes. I, I'm taking this and you take this and yes. I, whatever. And they took it all apart. And that could explain why the ATM card gets used. You never know. Like if she had it, she's a computer person. So I imagine she's smarter than writing her pin down, but you never yeah. know. Wow. And the purse got fucking dropped maybe. And so maybe somebody used it. And then on the news, it's like, there's a missing UAlbany student named Susan Lyle. And they're like, I, I got to throw this away. Or like, yeah. I just use that. I can't implicate right. myself or whatever it is. Like mm -hmm. it, it, um, I think that's how that ID and, and it is really weird that it's supposedly right where she got off the bus. That right? is super weird. No. But, but I, I wonder if it got pulled apart by whoever, yeah. I, that wherever the purse got chucked. And on, and on the basis of that, Quinny, and on the basis of, of what you're saying, because I, I think your theory is, is a, even a little more, does put it into a little more perspective for me in the fact that um, in my research and everything, I did also find that there was another case. Yeah. Karen we gotta talk Wilson, about that. Yes, we got to talk about Wilson that. Karen Wilson in 1995, yep. and it's a very similar, vanished. Never been gone. found. Nope. Gone. I thought it was 85. For some reason. Yes, it's 85. Oh, okay. Oh, my bad. Just typo. Must have been a typo. No, it's My bad. Good. Like how... Uh, yeah. Same, same so, dorm. Yeah. From the same dorm. Yeah. That's fishy. Yeah. That's real, real fishy. Why? I mean, that's a long time to go. That's a long right. gap of time, but still, we've, sure. we, it's happened before. What was the motive to take her, though, exactly, do you think? If it's not the boyfriend. Yeah, or the money, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like just human trafficking? Like just um like what's it wasn't, you know, I don't know. Like what why her in particular? Like she I... was like she was computer science. She wasn't like, you know, she was beautiful, don't get me well, wrong. So well if, there's if other someone things... who didn't know her, they wouldn't be like, Yes, like she wasn't like flashy right. dress, like she was you know what I mean? Like she wasn't so... anything. Well, she was a hacker and she was really good at it. Too. She was like, really good wicked, at it. Wicked, wicked, wicked good. Her and her friends. 
And so they don't, and they don't know the level of what she was hacking when she was doing it, so on and so forth. And she did also, when they did go through the computers and stuff, there was, she was so good that there was a lot of stuff that she managed to remove that she could hide from people because she was that good. But also they, um, they found that she had been talking to a lot of people, like a number of different people from all different walks of life, like kind of like Comic-Con type people to like computer whiz people and so on and so forth. And so she had all of these people that she was talking to. And so it's like, they're like, you know, there's hundreds of possibilities just yeah. with her computer alone, basically. So that's interesting too. You know, that's another one of the theories in the pot is that like, it's, it was one of her computer exchanges. Mm-hmm. And that could also so, be soccer too. Right. Exactly. And then of course, another theory is, um, you know, a kidnapping or an abduction type type situation. Uh, but exactly like, I don't understand like a, a, a motive as far as like, yeah, like money or robbery goes because yeah. she didn't have anything. So like, um, uh, so we can, but we can all agree. All three of us agree that she didn't walk away. Yeah. I don't think she did. That that she was that she that she met with foul play somehow. Yeah. I mean, now it's just a matter of figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. She emailed her mom every single day and then it stopped after this day. Because, yeah. Just walked away herself. I don't. I know. I totally agree. And she, I see a lot of stuff about this case. I have so many personal ties to this case. I my sister graduated high school the year that Susan Lyle went missing, and it was it was like all my mother could talk about and how you need to be aware of your surroundings and all that's true but it's just i feel like um the the billboard that the boyfriend and the and his family put up on 787 with her face on it and the sketch of the um the guy in the hat who used the atm at stewart's i i remember seeing that on 787 it's the first time i ever saw her picture it's it's really like it's such a home such a hometown story but um, I see a lot of people write about how she wrote very intense poetry and how that would be perceived as she was depressed mm-hmm. and maybe she just decided to, and I don't buy it for a second. I really no, don't. No, I love, I love what her mom said. I love what her mom said about that. Her mom was like, she wrote like the cheesy like love poetry and she's like and it sucked and it never got anywhere she's like so then Suzanne said I'm gonna write the dark stuff and the dark stuff is gonna get me somewhere and it did that's it they did. Like, ended up publishing her her thing yeah. like just in like they published it I think in like I don't know the the paper this the school paper or something like that mm-hmm. um but still it was like her dark poem and her mom was like she did the dark stuff because she was like that's what would get recognized you know yeah. The way Ma- shout out to Mary. Yeah, oh my Little, god. She's an amazing woman. She is an, an absolutely amazing, amazing woman. woman. What a just a little like sweet heart love muffin just little what a good mom she is. I can't yeah. with her. I yeah, can't she's with a her. Great mom. 
She never, so, she, she will never stop hoping. Right. No. She will never and give up hope. And she'll never stop talking and she'll never stop doing interviews and she will always talk. And yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it kills me. It breaks my heart. I, if, uh, let's, let me say that too. Um, because it's, this is also really important. If anybody has any information on this case whatsoever, like in any facet, if anybody knows anything about the disappearance of Suzanne Lyle, you should call this phone number. It's area code 518-783-3211. And that's the phone number that you should call if you have any information on this case, because it's 22 plus odd years now. Mm -hmm. And I would love to get justice for Mary. Gosh, she answers. You know, yeah. What a mystery. Like, what a total, just total mystery. So, um, is, there, is there anything I forgot, Queenies? Uh, or I, I have a couple additions yeah, to your all, to your already great timeline Benny because I think there, you Benny. wrap that up nicely with a bow I um Heidi Allen I'm mildly obsessed with Heidi Allen right now she went missing on April 3rd of 1994 and she went missing um outside of Oswego New York so northern 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 New York um she was 19 years old. She was a brunette, 145 pounds, long hair. That there's the the they look very similar. Mm-hmm. Her and Suzanne. She went missing from her shift at a gas station. Um, right in the middle of the shift, and the last ca- the last cash transaction or the last transaction that went through the cash register was at 7:42 in the morning and the customer came in at 8:06 and no one was in there and she's never been seen again never been solved um, but i mean i guess you could i guess you could say that it's been solved the guy who came in and bought cigarettes at 7:30 um, was a guy named is a is a couple brothers uh the thibodeaus so it's mm. gary it's gary and richard thibodeau um who were eventually charged <laughs> with her murder and they they never had a body um and they were brought to court and there's so many crazy if you look up heidi allen uh she there's so many crazy twists and turns to this case but uh they maintain their innocence to this day. And one brother was uh, ultimately found not guilty and the other died in prison proclaiming his innocence. Um, and again, she's never been found and they're very, very similar. And it's, it's only four years apart and it's in upstate New York. So interesting. Makes, I, I feel like there could be a link there. It's just something about her going missing while she's at work and Suzanne not going missing while she's at work, but not, positively being able to be identified after leaving work right that makes me be like it, it it's i don't know it's similar a like, mall yeah. is not a gas station but still yeah. yeah um so i i feel like it's important to mention her npr did a series on her a couple of years ago it's really it's it, that's another one that you know we've been seeing missing persons posters for for 25 years and it it'd be great to be able to, to close that. Um, and, uh, Quinny, Israel Keys. 
I loathe this man. I he is actually if if BTK was like at the apex of the triangle of like pieces of dog shit in human suits. <laughs> Israel Keys would be like wearing a crown at the top of it. Yeah. Like he is the absolute scum stuck to the bottom of your shoe. Right. He, um, he uh, as, as I'm sure most people know, he is a serial killer. He um, was found guilty of six. The FBI believes that he committed at least 13. And he has specific ties to this area at that time. So he was born in Utah, lived most of his life on the West Coast, and at some point decided to move to Parrishville, buy a house and move to Parrishville, New York, which is, I'm in the Adirondacks now, it's, it's up more north than I am. Mm-hmm. He robbed a bank in Tupper Lake, which is about 20 minutes from where I am now. And this is all. Don't in, be getting murdered up there. This, baby. Is, this is all in the 2000s. He killed an, an elderly couple right over the Vermont border, like right, right up here. Like he, this was a hunting ground for him. Yeah. And he was a very sick and twisted individual. And there's a few things that I can, that make me unable to rule him out. First and foremost, he, um, entered into the army in Albany at the Albany recruiting center for the army on July 9th of 1998. So just a few months after she's disappeared, he is in Albany. Why? He didn't, he didn't even have a house here yet. He He didn't. What, what are you doing here? Wow, like like it doesn't make any sense, and and everything that I've unfortunately read about him or listened to about him, no one provides an explanation for why he was here. Nobody knows to sign up in Albany in particular. Like, and he he was just some random city to go sign up for the army. Like while he is, and while he, he was a, a massive, I mean, he killed himself in once after he was captured, but he, mm-hmm. while he was a, a total, total waste of space human being, he was a pretty brilliant criminal. You really can't take that away from him. And probably one of the best ways to not get questioned in the disappearance of a college student is to enlist in the army and leave. Wow. So wow, I feel wow, wow. I feel like I cannot ignore that. The other thing that I can't ignore is that he killed a barista who was the only employee at her work at a coffee cart in I believe I got to find out where she was. Her name was Samantha Koenig. She was it, this is in Alaska. He was all over. He was kill somebody, go to the next place, kill somebody, go to the next place. Like he, this, we see this again and again, Henry Lee Lucas, honest tool, Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy, yeah. kill someone, go somewhere, kill someone, go somewhere. Um, So he's in Alaska for this one. And he killed a barista. She was the only one at the coffee cart at the time. You can watch the surveillance video footage oh. of when he took her, and it is so scary. He it, it happened so fast, um, but he did a lot of really really crazy post mortem stuff with her body. But um, beyond that, he wrote a ransom note, 
and contacted her family, completely breaking his MO of previous victims. He wrote a ransom note and contacted her family. And actually, Samantha is the reason, really very much the reason why he got caught. Because the fucking idiot said, I have her debit card. I know her PIN. Deposit the money into her checking account, and that's how I will get it. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, either you're going to, I think he asked for like $50,000, either you're going to go to like 800 ATMs in one day, right? Because you, all the limits are like $600. How are you yeah. ever going to get to it? Plus, everyone is going to be able to track what ATMs you're at. So it just doesn't, it, he was just, it, at that point, that, he, that thankfully was the last person that he killed. And he was, it's ultimately why he got caught. He got very, very sloppy. But um, the taking a girl from work, Mm-hmm. or around work or surrounding, knowing that she would be isolated or having, yeah. and he, having watched her for a period of time and knowing that she would be alone. And then you, the debit card that yeah. it, I, I just can't ignore it. And we'll never, I mean, he is dead. So there's no, there's no real way to find that out. Right. And the FBI believes that he is guilty of multiple, multiple murders, way more than the six that they've pinned on him. Wow. But, um, I, interesting. That's and wicked. it's just, ter- it's so terrifying to think that he would be here, that he was here. It's so weird though. Cause like, if you think about it, and like, that makes a, a lot of sense. Stuff. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But what I'm just questioning is with Suzanne, like Colin circle, like, yes, it was at night. Yes. It was, you know, fairly isolated, I guess, if you could say, but it's still like there was a parking lot. It was a bus full of people. Like there's, kids you know college kids like going you know out partying or like wherever they're going like it wasn't like that poor girl who was just alone you know granted it was a surveillance camera so they weren't really alone because he was recorded but yeah and it's like it's so strange like she must have been in my mind like she must have been at least lured to the parking lot or like a dark corner of the parking lot or like you know there's there's some trees around there. You know what I mean? Like around the woods, like mm-hmm. there's no way that he could have just like grabbed her and in the middle of Colin's circle and nobody saw anything. Yeah. It, it would, it would have to be, you're absolutely right. Like, I guess he would have had to get her before she got on the bus to begin with. Right. Or it's a, it's a Ted Bundy situation. Yeah, a, yeah because, and I do believe, come help me. I have a flat tire or, or, oh and my I God, do believe, I hurt myself or. It was really, really late at night. So like, granted, there might've been some people it. out. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. thought it was later than that. No, no I think it's like nine. Like 9.45. She said, oh, because word. I read she closed oh. 9.20. She took the bus there. And it was like 9.40. Oh, okay. I thought it was, I don't know why. I thought it was way later than that. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was dark, I guess. And if somebody yeah, I mean, was like hiding dark. in the fucking bushes or yeah. something, but yeah, I don't know. It's wild. It's yeah. Wild. I just listened to a horrible sword and scale. Well, a great, I mean, a great sword and scale, but a horrible story about a campus police officer who killed a, who, who uses position to kill to kill a girl and it's it's really it's really difficult because um we don't really talk about like how isolated and unprotected young women are on college campuses and i mean campus police that's great i mean that's that's wonderful that's a wonderful service but um 
you know, in this case. We're going to need to do a little better. In this case, campus police could not save Suzanne Lyle. Campus police couldn't save Karen Wilson. Campus, like, I mean, what, what are we, uh, what are we really talking about here? How, I, I mean, I, I've been to UAlbany. You can, UAlbany is the least, is the least, first of all, I think it's like a maze and every building yeah. looks exactly the same mm-hmm. and it is, it can be very disorienting, especially at night, but, um, but you could just drive right in there. Anybody could just drive right in there. Like it's not, it's not a secure no. place. So I just no. feel like it, it, it really could have been anybody, but the, I, I, I understand your suspicion of the boyfriend. I feel like he is, he did some really shady stuff. I, if, if I was being questioned in my fiance's murder, I, I would lawyer up and not take a polygraph. I know that. I know I would. Think about this. He knew, like he, like, like uh, Quinny said, he had full access to her computer, right? Right. From his own computer. So like he probably, while I definitely can't rule him out, like I definitely, you know, you always lean toward the boyfriend did it for sure. And he's definitely shady. I just, I'm thinking maybe he was just hiding something different, a different shady shit. You know what I mean? That yeah. Yeah. And but, that even if maybe he didn't no. do it himself, actually, that maybe he might have just something to do with it a little bit. Yeah. But I also agree with you too, Joss, that, um, cause mom and I talked about this too. Mom said, we've watched enough crime TV for long enough now to know <laughs> that if you're, if someone is talking to you about a murder, get a fucking lawyer. Yeah. Like, Please, and, please. And Mahoney is like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm getting a fucking lawyer, no matter yeah. what. And so, I, like, and, and it's that's different. Like, I'll bring my attorney into the room, and then I will answer your questions. Right. I will I'm answer your questions so with my attorney right. present. But like, but that's what you're saying is he got a lawyer, he wouldn't take a polygraph, and he was not cooperating. He was right. not answering questions. Right. And right. that's that is different. That's that's a different. Sketch. And you would think that he would want to do everything possible to try to figure it out, you know? And so that just said, concerns me a little bit. And the parents said, like, okay, if he was so concerned about where she is, he called, called, called repeatedly and with no answer. And he was so concerned. He only lived 10 minutes away. Why didn't he go, like, drive over there to check on her? Right. Mm. He was that upset and that concerned about what she was doing, where she was. Yeah. It was definitely, he could have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's just so scary. How Maybe she, we're, we're going to solve it. You know what I mean? Like, poof, out of nowhere, it just is gone. Yeah. yeah. It's so terrifying. so terrifying. It is. And it happens. It happens all the time, girls. Yeah. Constantly, all the time. And it's like you would think that with all the security and the cameras on every street corner and da-da-da, that it would be happening less. It ain't. No. It ain't. No. It ain't happening no. any less. We need to be chipped. I need to be chipped, like my dog. Give me, give Get me a one chip in me. I will voluntarily be chipped, so I that if I, so that if somebody comes to get me, and, can I get me one of them there micro chips? 
Hey, it's microchip me. I've been saying this for like for like too long. I'm becoming one of those like 30 year olds that think they know everything. I'm like, put a chip in my wrist so I don't ever have to put my password into anything ever again. I'm like, just hold it up. Oh, it's Jocelyn. Cool. Like, uh, I'm like, chip me. Delilu. Yeah. Ah. Oh, poor Suzanne Lyle. Poor Suzanne. Yeah. Lyle. Poor Suzanne. We hope you're in a better place if you're not alive. Yeah, I mean, we, we that is seen. also another theory that people do say, even though, like you said, Jess, none of us believe that it's the case. But that is one of the additional theories is that maybe she did just uh, piece up a town, mm-hmm. right? But I mean. But she, I think she, that one's probably probably pretty unlikely. Yeah, so. she she um she. God, I just feel like she herself knew that she was not um, the type of person that was going to be abducted. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she, I do think that she had. Um, I know she struggled a lot with her, with like her appearance and her, um, she had, she had some body image issues as we all do. And, you know, um, all the way through puberty and late teens, early twenties. But, um, I just feel like she would have expected that she would be the last person to, to have something like this happen to her. You know, she was bright, she was strong willed, she had a good head on her shoulders, um, it just goes to show like nobody, nobody is exempt. Nobody, you know, you just, you just got to try to be as aware as you possibly can. And I yeah. also read that the boyfriend's mother told her that if she was ever taken to start throwing things out with her identification on them. Did you guys read this? What? This I do vaguely know what you're talking about. The, I'm wondering if it's from the other podcast I listened to, but I don't remember. She said yeah. the boyfriend's mom told investigators that she would talk to Suzanne about, um, you know, you got to be careful on a big campus and protect yourself, which makes total sense. But yeah. she told her that if anybody ever grabbed her, and see, I believe Susie told her mom this as well. I think her mom corroborated mm-hmm. it. If somebody ever grabbed her to start throwing identifying things on the ground, like throw your wallet out, throw your cards mm-hmm. out, throw your license out, throw your That's anything out. And then and they, they found her ID on the ground. And then ground. they found her her ID. So they they think that that might like, there's and some people that- who believe it, it might have something to do with it. But that ID had the little clip little uh name tag clip and it wasn't rusted but the name tag was the name tag was but the clip was not yeah that doesn't make any sense what the fuck i know it is a mystery it It is is such a mystery mystery. it is like the biggest of the biggest mystery ever like for some reason that name tag to me is like there's so much more to that clue somehow yes there is i agree i agree there's something crucial there yeah it's crucial there's something crucial about that i mean what other evidence do you have yeah it's the most there's practically nothing else except for eyewitness i mean really it's the one 
actual physical yeah. piece of evidence. Yeah. And yeah. no way the card would have been weathered and that would have not been rusted at all if it was that for two months. No. No. Yeah, it's it is just um her her family getting also, phone calls every time that they find skeletal remains. Yes. You know, right. And, and every time having to be like, well, maybe it could be, maybe it could yeah. be, and you know, like the cruel, the cruelty, the more that we do this podcast and the more that I listen to true crime, the cruelty of keeping the body from the family is like on a whole other level. Like it is, yeah. it is the worst possible thing that you it's can do to, also to, the, a, to the, someone. The psychics calling her too, calling Mary yeah. for like, well, she telling she, her a bunch of different things. Well, didn't she hire like seventy-five psychics to try to figure she, out? She she did talk to a few psychics, yes, but no, there were like seventy something of them calling her, okay. telling her, "Oh, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened." Like a bunch of different ones that she did not reach out to. Well, I read somewhere that she did. You read that she gets like a weird feeling every time she um, goes over the bridge, or something. Yes. What, what bridge? I think it was the twin bridges. No shit. Her mom. I, I, I know. Like, how sad. Poor Mary. Ugh. Our heart goes out to you, Mary. Yeah, Mary Lyle. And she started the um, Center for Hope. Which She's is, a badass. I, I believe is their headquarters are in Malta. And it's, it's, for, it's for families who, who are who have missing persons or who, who can't find family members. And it's, um, I think they work a lot with human trafficking, which we also cannot rule out because know. we know yes. now that it is real. Human trafficking is. is real. It happens every single day. All yes. over, like, all the time. Yeah, we, we can't rule that out either. Carry pepper spray yes. with you. I mean, why are we not getting self-defense courses in high school? Why? Why are we not being taught that? Seriously, that's such a great point. Thing I needed to know self-defense. Like, no. So true. Women are having to get this training that, like, women are having to learn these lessons themselves mm-hmm. by <laughs> making crime podcasts. That is, like, <laughs> that's what they had to do. Like, every single time a dude is like, yeah, I don't know. I just never really like crime. I'm like, you don't get murdered all the time. Yep. And if you did, you would want to know every single thing that you possibly could about exactly. how to not get murdered. Exactly. Literally. How to not get murdered. We're in the, <laughs> so we're in the new house, right? And my dad hired someone to look at like how to get like, you know, an estimate for replacing the windows and like getting, you know, getting better windows, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the doors, right? And my parents are ones that love to just keep the front door open and have the screen door there for the bugs or whatever. And just like be open. Right. And our front door now has just these two little window panes at the top, but we had this huge big window in the living room right next to the door. So they're like, Oh, well, do you want like a nice door with like a big window or like a nice so you can just like open up. I'm like, that door will always be closed. I do not need a <laughs> single window. I need it to be secure. And they're like, okay, well, what about, we're going to also get the sliding door replaced. I was like, I would like the highest grade 
sliding door we can afford, okay? I need the bar. I need a chain. I need a padlock. I need the mesh. The glass needs to be bulletproof. Yes. Yes. Okay? I'm not messing around. Like, I do not want a window in my door. No. Also, I I need barbed wire fence to go all the way around. Yeah. Michael's like, you're insane. I was like, I am not. If we're doing it at all, I'm not messing around. I need all the security. Thank you. So funny. For real, though. Quinny, are the door, are your doors locked over there, Quinny? Up at the, up at your place, Quinny? better. Up at the lake? Yeah, Quinny, you better have all them doors locked. All the windows locked, too, Quinny? Of course. I mean, Sam is, he's at, like, he's out sitting by the fire right now. So he's, like, next, he's, like, next to the. He's like next to the screen porch door. I just want to make but, sure that everything's locked. No, no, no. Locked, we, are you Queenie. kidding me, Benny? Are you kidding me? We bat. I, I am like, we batten down. Uh, yeah, no. And he's like, I'm like, did you close the windows downstairs in our house? I'm like, do we clo- close the windows downstairs? He's like, I think. I'm like, I'll be right back. <laughs> like, nope. Um, I am not giving yeah. you an easy way in. Forget it. Forget it. Okay. Um, well, I think that about wraps it up on Susan and Lyle. It, again, just like Katie said, um, we'll, we'll put the um, number up on our Facebook and Instagram to say uh, if you have any information whatsoever, even if you don't even think it's significant, even if you're like, oh, it was just some stupid thing that I thought I might have seen, just let them know because, because we have no physical evidence whatsoever and, and we really need her to, we really need her family to be able to put this, put this to bed. So Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, also, everyone should follow us on all social media, everything, YouTube, click subscribe. We're at Straight Up Evil. Go to our website, straightupevilpodcast.com. You can find all of our social media there too. Um, but Instagram is Straight Up Evil Podcast. We have Straight Up Evil um, Podcast on Facebook. We do have a Twitter, which we need to work on. <laughs> um, but also, we have a new blog that we're doing on our website. StraightUpPeoplePodcast.com and also we're getting a newsletter out to you guys. So click away. And thank you to all of our people for watching. We appreciate all of your support. And we love you guys. Definitely.